0: From the woods to the water, from the bucks to the ducks, your weekday foray out of the office begins now on WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and WNSP.com. Stay tuned as Alan White and Doug Max talk with fishing and hunting pros, share tips and tricks, and discuss Alabama's greatest natural resource, the Great Outdoors. WNSP Outdoors is brought to you by Andrew's Diesel and Automotive, Halls Sausage and Wholesale Meats, Skinner's Wild Game Processing, Street Seafood and Meat Market, Medicare Insurance Advisors, and Blue Water Yacht Sales. Now, let's head outdoors with Alan White.
1: Good afternoon and welcome to the show. I'm Alan White, along with Doug Max, and uh, we've got a beautiful day today, Doug.
2: Yes, I think it's about 80 degrees again, and <laughs> supposed to stay that way for the next
1: week or ten days. And well, it fine it, with me. It's a little cloudy and expecting some rain maybe to come in. So, uh, but, I, but I like cloudy weather. It's great
2: for fishing. It is great for fishing, and it, we'll find out, you know, a lot here talking to Wayne and all, but man i i hate it the rivers are high and stuff because
1: mm-hmm. you know
2: it would be some fantastic fishing if you find the right water right now
1: we've so. had some spring type weather but i think we're in for a little more cold weather don't you
2: oh yeah no doubt yeah if if you don't uh, every turkey hunter knows that just when you think it's like totally spring mm-hmm. and all of a sudden this big front comes through and you <laughs> sit out there and try to hunt and freeze to death yeah so it happens to all of us every yep. year
1: that's true well, we've got uh, Captain Wayne Miller with us for our Mobile Tensaw Delta report and uh, forecast for your weekend. Captain Wayne, how's it going today? Man, it's going
3: great. How are you all doing?
1: We're doing good, man. Eh?
3: Yeah, well, I, I tell you, man, uh, you know, we, we definitely got some high water. Uh, you know, anybody that's looked at it knows that the, uh, the Mobile River, the berry reading is actually over 10 feet. But it is cresting today at around 10.3, and uh, and we'll start a slow fall. You know, it'll be down a couple of feet by, you know, Monday or Tuesday. Um, But, you know, that's primarily just because the rivers up to the north have just been crazy high. I mean, the the Claiborne reading on the Alabama was at uh, like forty one, forty two, I think Tuesday, yeah. and uh, you know it's it's starting to fall now. But you know it just takes time for this water to get out of here. But um, you know the good news is, you know as, as you and Doug just mentioned, man, you know this this warm weather, uh, man, this water temperature down south here mm-hmm. along the causeway. You know, all these bays and the creeks and everything, this water temperature has shot up to almost 70 degrees. And um, they are definitely pulling up into some skinny water. So it's, uh, and they've been biting. I mean, it's, uh, uh, fishing has been really good. So, uh, you know, I think we'll just continue to see that. The only challenge we've got is until, until this water gets down, you know, the mobile reading gets back down, around seven feet uh and stabilizes you know there and below you know we just won't have those lakes in the middle delta the fish they're still high and muddy but uh everything down south and in, in pretty good shape
1: we have a uh, south wind 10 miles per hour today and wind gust up to 25 miles per hour now if that was a north wind it'd push that water on out of our delta a little faster
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it really would alan you know and and uh, the wind's been pretty bad this morning but nothing compared to yesterday man yesterday it blew but it was amazing man i mean i i did really well even with that wind blowing as hard as it is it's just you know you really have to kind of you know pay attention to um you know where you fish and um but you know there's are some areas where it's just it's really hard to control the boat so um You know, you just have to kind of be selective about where you go. And, you know, on the days where it's really bad, you know, I I always kind of like to target, stay away from the bays and try to get up in the creek somewhere. Uh, You know, that way you're somewhat isolated. There's a little bit of break in that wind because when you're out in the middle of those bays, I mean, you're just at the mercy of the wind.
1: Is there any decent-looking water, you know, up in the creeks along the southern part of our delta, like Baymanette Creek right now, or Chickasabo, Bayou, Sarah? Is there, is there clear water? Oh up yeah, there?
3: okay. Yeah, I mean, all those have you know good clean water. I mean, very fishable water. All of them do. So it's you know even even with this you know high water that we've got right now, it's still there's still a lot of water. You know that you can fish, and and even the stained water. I mean, we're catching fish in it. Um, you know, but I I typically try to avoid you know the what I call muddy water. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but now if it's just stained and still got you know a foot a foot of visibility. You know, I mean I I, I love that. I mean, it's uh, even on the the sunny days. I mean, typically. Uh, You can take a spinnerbait or a chatterbait, you know, power fishing, and do really well in those type water conditions.
1: I met a guy at one of the landings on the causeway this morning that was uh, getting ready to go out fishing with some crawfish, some live crawfish that he bought. Have you ever done that?
3: Uh, Yes, I have, and um, it's just like catching them on shrimp. Boy, if you... All you gotta do is find them. You put that crawfish in front of one with seventy degree water temperature mm-hmm. and he'll take it from there.
2: <laughs> you know, that's a, a big bass bait too. It's just not just good for bass, it's good for big bass. And uh, yeah, it really I think that's is. why jigs are so effective at catching big bass, because they think it's a crawfish. <laughs> yeah. yeah
3: you don't see much of that island. I mean it's really uh, you know, it's unusual to see somebody doing that. But, um, you know, it's a very effective way to use live bait, you know to target bass,
1: mm-hmm. but and um, it's also good know, to... I mean, it's,
3: it's funny because you know it's so commonplace in the fall with the shrimp, and uh but then you know, in the spring, you just don't see that many people trying to uh target uh, you know any of the the freshwater species with live bait. Mm-hmm.
1: Well the crawfish is really good catfish bait too.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's you know it's funny, it's funny I remember years ago you know just about any time you you got out in the late in the day or early in the morning you you'd see people over in the ditches you know uh saying and catching them crawfish man and uh man, those catfish guys they love those crawfish
4: so it's um
1: yeah.
3: But <laughs> you know, we've got, um, you know, something else that's going to be uh, playing kind of into the favor of the fishermen this coming week. You know, with the falling water that we've got over the entire delta, and I don't see anything, you know, from the standpoint of extended forecast that's going to affect that. I mean, I think we're going to see this water continue to fall, so we'll be in good shape. But um, we're we're in a nip tide today. And uh, we really start moving back into a a pretty fair uh, tide cycle by Sunday. And uh, this coming week, we pick back up on a good tide cycle. Now, we're about two weeks out from the next full moon, and that'll be, I think it's like the 7th of March. But, man, with everything we've got going on right now, you can rest assured with this water warming up and cleaning up the water coming down. Uh, we'll have a massive wave of fish that will spawn on this first full moon in in uh, March.
1: What is the water temperature right now?
3: You know, uh, most of the places I've gone uh, yesterday and this morning, you know, I I've, I've, I've saw anywhere from 67 to uh, 70, 71.
2: Well, that's just you know, I mean, we don't
3: even have any sunshine today. I mean, if the sun came out, it'd warm that water up even more. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it would. I mean, if it's 80-something degrees five, six days in a row, you know, it, all it really takes <laughs> is some sunshine, and all of a sudden that water is 75 degrees. <laughs> you'd be having <laughs> yeah, water temperatures long, like though. you'd it's have in April.
3: you know, uh-huh. on that south end, because you're primarily talking about relatively shallow water. So, you know, it warms up pretty quick.
2: Yeah, it does. And uh and, and I'm gonna mention one thing and, and this is something I've heard you talk about. Uh and, and maybe right now with not too many people fishing the middle delta, it's not as critical. But this time of the year we have these high winds, you really be need to think about what you know, what they're forecasting that day for the where you're launching your boat, because it yeah. may be nice when you head out that morning and it may be Dangerous getting your boat yeah. back on the trailer later in the day. Yeah,
3: you know, I mean, that's that's a super point to bring out to everybody um, because, you know, Doug, there are some launches that are out in areas that, you know, like if if you're running a fourteen to sixteen foot aluminum boat, uh, you know, and they're forecasting a, you know, twenty five to thirty five mile an hour south wind. Um, you know, you probably don't want to launch that boat at Cliff. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, because if you come in at like 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, uh, you're going to be in for, you know, a, a real challenge. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, it can actually be dangerous. Yes, it and, can. Um, so, you know, that's that's a real good point to make. I mean, as this water falls, you know, there'll be people, you know, utilizing all the different launches. But, but you know, really pay attention to those uh, extended forecast and, you know, what they're projecting from the standpoint of the winds because it, it does have a tremendous impact on the, the safety associated with some of these launches.
1: And one of the things I want to mention while we're talking about boats uh, and, and, and safety is, you know, as spring is getting closer and closer, one of the best investments you'll ever make in your boat is a life... Preserver that is comfortable and easy to get on and off and something that you can actually wear while you're fishing. So keep that in mind, folks, and let's be safe this spring and summer and have a good time out there on the water. Thank you, Captain Wayne, for the report.
3: Okay, guys, have a good one.
1: And we'll be right back with Captain Bobby Abrascado and a report from Miller's Ferry.
5: The Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School Championship Drive is back and headed to Baker High School. This Friday, WNSP will be loading up Air Sports 1 and taking Friday's opening kickoff to Baker High School's campus to discuss their spring sports with coaches, players, and administrators. The Dr. Christopher Mullinex High School Championship Drive is brought to you by Beefle Brady's, Greer's Markets, and Cash Saver, Rich's Car Wash, Ward International Trucks, the Barnes Family of McDonald's Restaurants, L&S Air Conditioning, and West Side Glass. Friday morning on WNSP. Street Seafood and Meat Market on Highway 31 in Baymanet has a great selection of fresh seafood and meats. Choose from their top cuts of meats or get yours custom cut. Find Street Seafood Restaurant on Facebook for order ahead to go daily buffet specials. A full meal served at the drive-up from 10:30 till 3:30. Call 937-4096 and they'll put it together for you. Street's Dining Room is now open and the banquet room is open for private parties. Street Seafood Restaurant and Meat Market
6: on Highway 31 in Baymanette. Find them on Facebook. Andrews Diesel and Automotive on Highway 31 in Spanish Fort is expanding, and they're looking for two technicians with big truck and or equipment experience to join their family of top professionals. Andrews Diesel and Automotive offers excellent pay, vacation, sick days, retirement, insurance, and paid holidays. Apply at 11349 Highway 181 in Spanish Fort or call 591-1596 to set up an interview. Andrews Diesel and Automotive, an equal opportunity employer.
7: Alabama, Coach Saban talks about the process. It's about doing everything the right way all the time to be successful. While at Dex Imaging, we believe in the process as well. Do the job right and take care of your customers to help them be more successful. With locations throughout the Southeast, including Mobile, Birmingham, and Tuscaloosa, put the process to work for your business. Contact the professionals at Dex Imaging. Dex Imaging, the official copier and printer provider of the Crimson Tide. I'm Martin Hoke, the inventor of Navage Nasal Care, and I love Navage. I've told you about how your nose is the body's air filter, that Navage's powered suction will help flush out allergens, viruses, mucus, and germs, and that Navage will help you breathe better. But what do other people say about Navage? Like Tara, quote, My doctor wanted me to do saline rinses for my allergies, but I've never been able to successfully use a neti pot. Navaj uses suction power, so it's foolproof. There are nights when I'll have particularly bothersome allergies. I'll bust it out and the results are immediate. It's such a relief. It's become a lifesaver. Unquote. She's one of over 100,000 online reviews praising Navage, the all-natural solution trusted by over 3 million people to help you breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and stay healthier without drugs. Navage is available at Walmart, CVS, Walgreens, Target, Rite Aid, and online. Navage,
0: N-A-V-A-G-E,
7: clean nose, healthy
0: life. This is WNSP Outdoors, live on 105.5 FM and on the sound of Mobile App. Now, let's head back outdoors with Alan White.
1: Welcome back to the show. Eastern Shore, Ace Hardware, located on Spanish Fort Hill on 31. Right there at the Spanish Fort Shopping Center, wants to give away a $20 gift certificate. To the third caller at six nine four one oh five five. Eastern shore Ace Hardware, one of the friendliest places you'll ever visit. Captain Bobby Abrascado is with us with an inshore forecast for your weekend. How you doing, Bobby?
8: I'm good, man. I'm good. We uh Just finished up, and uh, I'm I'm glad to say that uh, we caught more fish in the first two hours of my trip this morning than I've caught all week, so I'm glad to know that they're biting again. We've had a bit of a struggle earlier in the week, and I can't put my finger on it, you know, other than the fact that, you know, I I don't want to sound too simplistic, but, you know, when I look back at my notes over all the years, it kind of seems to happen this this time of year in February, especially when you get these little bit of, uh, you know, kind of odd, weather patterns that we're on you know and actually i better get used to it because i was looking and we got about at least a week and a half forecasted of these upper 70 or 70 degree plus weather yeah. you know and it's brought that water temperature up and uh you know today i fish pretty much the same stuff that i've been fishing uh you Know using the same lures and stuff, uh, week last week we were killing them, you know, and then just had a slow period, then turned right around today and started catching them again. And if you look at the tides, this is kind of an interesting thing because I get asked all the time about tides uh, when people are called to book a trip, for example, they'll say, What's a, what's a good tide? I'm like, Man, I don't know, you, you know. But if you looked at the tide cycle, we were on, we were on a big swing the weekend and then early this week when i couldn't buy a fish and today we're almost on a flat dip you know so uh go figure anyway but uh that's what keeps us coming back isn't it guys
2: yeah it is i wonder about all these high winds and whether or not it might have been blowing against your tide or something because have That could have affected. And
8: and, uh, we really didn't get have wind earlier in the week to speak of. It was really more of a north wind earlier in the week, and um, you know today and yesterday we had these uh, south winds. One thing it did change is uh, in the last couple days versus earlier in the week is um, the water levels uh, from a from a you know from a tidal standpoint. We went from having what I call low low water to you know fairly actually on the high side, and and I think. Some of what happens is, uh, particularly when it warms up, is these fish want to get real shallow. And, you know, they'll be up there in a foot or a foot and a half of water, but you just can't catch them, you know, whereas today we had some of those same areas we had more like two and a half to three feet of water, and I was able to get up there and, um, and catch them, you know. So I think that a lot of the fish we caught today were in really, really shallow water, like, you know, even with the high water we were up, you know, in two two and a half feet of water, and um, and catching them, and that's what I that's and that's what I'm saying anyway. Now, whether or not that's true, I don't know, but it, I'm just glad that we caught some fish today because I've had a, had a couple head scratches earlier this week, and uh, covered in the higher water. Then we got that coming up for the weekend, so you got that to look forward to if you're planning a trout trip. As far as like the water clarity goes, the tidal River. Coast, and then on the sound and the water around off an island are high and even though the bay's pretty flooded so if you stay in those tidal rivers you're, you're fine and the fish are going to stay in there they can't go out in that bay and survive it's so fresh out there right now so you kind of got a captive audience so mm-hmm. that's the places I, uh that we're going to be for sure and uh, if you want to catch some trout that'd be a good place to be this weekend and throw in uh Slick lures mainly, that type of bait, you know, slow sinking or even a suspending type bait. Um, I use a popping corks earlier in the week. That's kind of my break uh, break glass in case of emergency uh, rig. And when it gets real slow, I'll start throwing that popping cork. And if you can't get them to bite that, your next step is dynamite, you know. So uh, that's what we had to go to. But the good thing about it, it's kind of a springtime type of rig, so uh, it should work, you know, as this water continues to warm up. If you get in a bind and you want to put some fish in the boat, that's one. I always have a few of those tied on. I don't even care if it's the dead of winter. I'm going to have at least a couple of popping corks tied on, so uh, that caught a lot of uh, the fish that we caught earlier in the week. We I finally had to give up on some of the bigger lures to start doing that. They came through for me, and uh, we never even threw one today. Didn't have to, so that was that was kind of fun.
1: Have you seen any flounder caught lately? Yes, as a matter of fact, I've even had some caught on my boat. That'll tell you how good the flounder uh-huh. <laughs> is starting to get. We're
8: we're actually catching and and surprisingly catching them on uh you know slow sinking or suspending type baits while we're trout fishing in two to four feet of water. You know, and so those those flounder will come up off the bottom when they see something yeah. they want to eat. And, uh-huh. and the flounders that we're catching. You know, again, totally by accident, a really nice size flounders. You don't catch many little ones on these these bigger type swim bags, you, mm-hmm. so, uh, you know, so you know if 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 it's any indication uh, of the flounder fishing that it, and I, that I'm catching them, uh, then they're around. That's for sure, and that's only right. going to get better. I had a friend of mine that was visiting from up north down here uh, last week too, and he he uh, he just. You know he does. He goes where he can fish. He didn't have a boat and off the island caught some fish on the Gulf side of the some flounder on the Gulf side of the island uh, this past week. You know, so uh, mm-hmm. those flounder around well, right now. and Hopefully, like it's done in the last couple of years, it continue to get better.
1: That's encouraging news, Bobby Abascato. I appreciate the report. Y'all can check him out at ateamfishing.com That's us. Thank you, sir.
8: All right, guys. Y'all have a good weekend. Thanks.
1: All right, Joe Dunn is with us. He's from Miller's Ferry. How you doing, Joe?
8: Doing great, Alan.
1: Well, the water's still high and muddy, right?
4: It's still up there, but it's it's, it's falling out fast. It's going to be back somewhere close by the weekend, you know. It's not going to be as bad. I mean, uh, I was over Saturday and Sunday, and Saturday was up, and it was still rising, and then Sunday before I left, it had a whole bunch of trash and you know, coming down but mm-hmm. uh we were still still able to get out and fish in those conditions and we had had several people come in with some big stringers of crappie I saw and then uh for the for the catfish jugging tournament we had a real good turnout, had some had a lot lot of fish waiting in and that.
1: Yeah, you so, did uh, I heard you didn't win that though. <laughs>
4: No, I didn't win. Really <laughs> uh, we come in fourth. We had that's good. Uh, what twenty-seven, twenty-eight pounds? The winners they had more like forty. I forgot the exact numbers. I should have wrote all that down. But they had a real good mess huh. of fish, and just everybody, everybody caught fish. You know, well, Joe, you still you got to let somebody uh, else turn that. <laughs> I said you gotta let
2: somebody else win every now and then.
4: <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> the weather turned out cold. It was cold that morning, but by the afternoon it warmed up, and it was, and then Sunday was you know just a real nice day, and so it, it all worked out pretty
1: good. Well, it's you know these kind of river conditions are good. I guess you know most of the time for catfishing. If you if you don't know how to catch fish in the muddy and high water, you can always catch catch a catfish. With some limb lines
2: oh, or something. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this: yeah. uh, Everybody down this way is starting to see, uh, you know, whether it's fresh or salt water. Starting to see water temperatures up around seventy degrees. Is it getting that warm up Miller Ferry?
4: Yeah, in some of the shallow flats, you know, it's definitely warm way up. But even though it warms up real quick, those fish are still ain't ain't quite ready to go to the bank yet, you know. Some of the mm-hmm. bass will get in there, get in that shallow water, and you can do pretty good on them uh, until the front comes through. But uh, the crappie ain't ready to hit the banks yet. They're still off. They're gonna be out of ways. That they know it's not quite time yet, mm-hmm. so they're still out there suspended in schooling in that, you know, anywhere from ten to fifteen foot of water are out in the main channels, but. You know, you, you catch some of them trolling or, uh, you know, you live scope them and, and chase them, chase those fish down. You can do it that way. They'll bite. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as getting on the banks with a pole and a cricket is, and a minute, it's a little bit too early yet.
1: Well, maybe this year we'll get lucky as crappie fishermen, and we'll have a a, a spawn uh, without a flood. Uh, <laughs> It uh, usually yeah, goes together. That's
4: the only thing we have to worry about.
1: <laughs> yeah, at least on the delta, it's always been when the crappie are spawning, the the waters, you know, out of the banks and terrible. So maybe this year we'll get better.
2: I I wouldn't know because yeah. I'm usually turkey hunting during that time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> if the turkeys well, are goblin, you know, I'm not if, thinking
2: about a crappie. If the water's
1: out <laughs>
4: down there, they can always hit the middle of the sphere and make a trip hit some of those big creeks up there where, where, where the croppers still be biting.
1: That's right. In the springtime up there when they are spawning, do y'all catch them around the grass edges or uh, down here it's all cypress knee, you know, stuff? Right. No,
4: uh, the, actually, I, I love to hunt that grass more than I do, you know, trees yeah. and stuff because okay. uh, they'll be up in that grass and I can uh, take my, usually take a 12-foot jig pole and flip up in that grass and just kind of work that jig back through it drop down to it. And those big old females will just try to take the pole <laughs> out of your hand.
1: Oh, that sounds fun. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate you, man.
4: All right. Appreciate it.
1: Yes, sir. We're going to be back with some wildlife management tips from our good friend Austin Delano right after this.
0: football fix all year long on the Chuck Oliver show. The king of college football brings you two hours of local college football talk throughout the year with the biggest experts from across the nation and exclusive interviews with the coaches and players you want to hear from. It's the college football talk you deserve on the Chuck Oliver show. Weekdays from one to three and evenings from eight to 10 on WNSP.
5: Are you over or approaching 65, working and trying to figure out if getting on Medicare is the right choice? If you're confused with your current Medicare coverage and want to talk to somebody local, Aiden Marks at Medicare Insurance Advisors is an independent agent that has been helping folks with their Medicare since 2009. Aiden has helped hundreds of individuals in Mobile and Baldwin County, located on Highway 98 in Daphne near Terry Thompson, and there's never a fee for his service. Call 251-463-0031 or visit MedicareInsurance-Advisors.com.
0: When it comes to flavor, I know McDonald's is serving it up every single day. Like the classic McDouble, filled with 100% pure beef patties. Or how about a savory McChicken with just the right amount of creamy mayo. Oh, and then there's the tender four-piece Chicken McNuggets. And of course, the delectable crispy small fries. Pick your fave and bundle it with a small fries for just $3.49. So get with it and order up big flavor for less coins. ba da ba ba Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal.
5: If you drive a truck or SUV, Clutch & Powertrain is the number one choice for all your drivetrain needs. They're the leading installation center on the Gulf Coast for all rear-end and front-end differentials. They stock a wide variety of parts for manual transmissions, clutches, drive shafts, ring and pinions, and custom-manufactured cables. Whether you have high-performance, heavy-duty, agricultural, or industrial applications, Clutch & Powertrain has you covered. Visit ClutchProducts.com or go to 1159 South Broad, just off I-10 and Mobile.
9: Like any good agent,
5: we're here for the open house, for the closing, for handing over keys. But because we're Realtors, we're here for so much more. Agents who are Realtors volunteer at nearly three times the national average. We're working to broaden access to credit, increase affordable housing supply, and ensure fair housing for all. And Realtors are bound by a code of ethics. We're here for it all. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Cordell & Cordell is a firm that practices family law exclusively. We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line. Their homes, savings, and most importantly, their children we're
7: the partner our clients count on for matters in tennessee visit cordellcordell.com. 200 west martin luther king boulevard suite 1000 chattanooga tennessee 37402 no representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers
0: this is wnsp outdoors live on 105.5 fm and on the sound of mobile app now let's head back outdoors with alan white
1: Welcome back to the show. I'm Alan White, along with Doug Max. Uh, Street Seafood, and Meat Market, located on Highway 31 South in Baymanette, Alabama. It's giving away two packs of pork chops. We'll take the third caller at 694-1055. Two packs of pork chops from Street Seafood, and Meat Market. Austin Delano is our go-to guy when it comes to wildlife management. He's with us today to talk about what we Should be thinking about doing during the month of February and early March. How you doing, Austin? Man, wide open. How about (laughs) y'all? I bet you are wide open. You know, this is a time of year a lot of prescribed burning is going on.
10: Yeah, that's uh, starting to get into some daytime temps now and uh, drying up in some spots where you can actually get some burning done. It's been a little difficult up to this point.
1: Yeah, if it's not the rain, it's too much wind or something. I mean, these guys that burn for a living, they have a hard time with uh, Mother Nature sometimes.
10: Yeah, oh, it's a constant battle. Everything's got to be just right. Uh, you know, fire lines got to be squared away in time and there's a, there's a lot that goes together to pull off a, a really well-executed uh, prescribed burn plan as far as the weather goes.
1: Tell our listeners why it's important. Why what is beneficial? About a prescribed fire?
10: So, typically in the South, you know, when you when you hear prescribed fire, you think about pine plantations and people that are managing uh, tracts of pine. So,
1: right. you
10: know, what, what the fire is doing is going in there and kind of hitting the reset button and getting rid of a lot of the uh, fuel that's on the floor, whether it be dead branches and pine needles uh, and the trees that uh, have died. But what we're doing from a wildlife standpoint is we're we're trying to uh, create an environment where we've got a bunch of new seeds, uh, you know, that are being exposed by that fire, and uh, there's some varieties that are actually need fire uh, to germinate. So um, that fire is clearing the area uh, for some, you know, good, high-quality, early successional habitat to, to germinate and uh, provide food and, and cover for most of our Are small critters, but obviously providing some some food value for whitetails as well.
1: The way I understand it, uh, and I've been studying about it for a while now, is there are native plant seeds that are laying dormant on the ground that uh, fire will release all of those native plants and and, uh, forbs and, and grasses that are native to Alabama that are just, they just need the fire to uh, to germinate.
10: Yeah, that's right. And if you think about a, uh, I mean, if you just picture in your head, let's say a, a, about a 15-year-old pine stand that's been uh, fanned one time uh, several years back but has not ever had a fire go through it naturally or a prescribed one, you get a lot of low-quality species that like to come in there and kind of take over, uh, especially in Alabama, places in deep south, you get privet hedge and all this sort of stuff. So, mm-hmm. with a good hot fire, we're going to kill a lot of that stuff um, and and get rid of it. At least set it back several years, while encouraging those native species you're talking about to to germinate and get up and get going and give them a chance with with less competition. We can also do this in in hardwood stands, uh, you know, where you've got a mature. Uh, white oaks or whatever you got from a timber standpoint, but you've got a lot of low quality stuff mm-hmm. underneath it, yeah. um, that you'd like to kill. So you can, you can do prescribed burns in hardwood. It's uh, a little bit different set of circumstances, but, but still very effective.
1: You, t- you mentioned privet. I know yopon is just, they look a lot like privet to me, but yopon is just so thick down here in Bowen County everywhere. And, uh, a lot of it is never controlled you know with fire you can't hardly you can't hardly walk through that stuff that's right
10: yeah and you know one of my favorite ways to create diversity on a piece of property is to have some fields or cutovers areas that are are clear of timber or large trees mm-hmm. but they've got a lot of cover value to them well anytime you leave those untouched for five six seven years you're going to have several species that want to kind of take over
1: yeah. and it can
10: all kind of depend on where you're at it might be privet hedge in one place it might be sweet gums and hickory in another but fire is a really inexpensive way to set those fallow areas back and and increase the number of early successional plants that are going to come back after you get rid of all that low quality stuff so it's not you know prescribed fire is not just for use in timber stands it's a great way to you know, take little sections of your property, even if it's just an acre here and three acres over here, and burn them every few years to keep some higher-quality habitat in those areas that you're not, quote-unquote, planting them as a food plot, but you can create some food value there for your wildlife by not letting those low-quality mm-hmm. uh, hardwoods and, and and species like brushy stuff take over. And, you know, before you know it, 10 years down the road, it turns into bulldozer work.
2: Yeah. Hey, I, I've noticed uh, some of what you're talking about there, what you see a, a lot, too, nowadays is people burning clear cuts. And, uh, and I yeah. guess they're burning it for the very reasons of what you just, just said. But, man, you want to attract yeah, some like, turkeys. You see a lot of
10: that for site prep, you yeah. know, just making it easy on that mm-hmm. plant crew that's going through, you mm-hmm. know, in a few months to, to get those pines stuck in the ground because if there's too much slash out there, it's really hard for a plant crew to keep their rows straight and be able to make sure that everywhere a tree – needs to go in the ground that we don't have a, you know, 10-foot deep pile of, of pine slash limbs. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and, and, you know, so many of us turkey hunters, we think about the pines and we love to see all that burned. And But, man, that burnt clear cut will draw better than about anything I've ever seen. <laughs> you, you
10: really can't beat it, and, and I say it all the time, but every year I catch turkeys walking through smoking ground mm-hmm. looking for new bugs and new seed. You know, they absolutely are attracted to, fresh burns and i know a turkey can't smell or at least it doesn't seem like they can but if you burn off a section of woods in alabama turkey seem to find it really really quick
1: <laughs> yeah well not only prescribed fire it's a season for that but it's also a great season for trapping and trapping uh, benefits wildlife species such as wild turkeys and and nesting birds uh some of the trapping that we need to do for wild turkeys is raccoons and opossum uh and coyotes so uh i guess there's this is the time of year to do that
10: yeah it's a great year to try to get after some of those nest predators and and larger predators like coyotes and try to knock a dent in them right here before uh nesting season and of course fawning season will be not too far behind it but what we're trying to do is create a void in those critters before, right before these nests are on the ground and then these fawns get hidden uh, to give them a better chance of, of reaching an age where they're a little bit more uh, predator-proof so to speak so mm-hmm. uh, thankfully in Alabama we have some really liberal trapping and uh, late late winter hunting rules for these predators so uh, no excuse not to get out there and get after them if you're concerned mm-hmm. about uh you know, turkey numbers, or you just want to do the right thing in general. And uh, because nobody's out here trapping these critters anymore, you know, for, yeah. for a fur value yeah. standpoint. So it's a, it's pretty critical for us as uh, land managers to try to keep some of these predator numbers in check. Nobody's trying to get rid of every one of them, but we're trying to kind of even out the, yeah. the whole uh, circle of life there.
1: That's right. Now, let's talk about summer plots. This is on some of our minds already. Uh, you know, it's not time to plant those yet. But what's your favorite type of summer plot, and do you think a summer plot is even necessary?
10: From a, from a whitetail perspective, they can definitely be beneficial as far as, you know, adding some extra protein to their diet through mm. the spring and summer months while your, your bucks are starting to grow their antlers and, and does are going to be supporting, you know, foams in their belly. So uh, it's always a good idea to add extra high-quality protein to a, to a piece of property now. You know, what some people deal with, if you're trying to plant a one-acre soybean field in a thousand-acre timber leaves, you know, probably going to get ready for some heartache because they're going to they're going to nip those soybean plants right when they come out of the ground and <laughs> you'll show up and swear your seeds didn't germinate. So, uh, you know, they, they can definitely be effective, but you have to, uh, you know, take into consideration the where you're putting them and, and what you're dealing with from a deer density standpoint to make sure that you Know your plots can take the, the browse pressure that they're going to receive and you know maybe plant some stuff that's not as attractive right out of the ground as soybeans. So you know, I uh, like clay peas and yeah. mung beans. You know, I love to add sorghum and uh sunflowers and millets and vetch and stuff to those mixes to try to give obviously that diversity. I'm gonna be growing some stuff that's gonna be great for the uh, the other critters, my turkeys and my coil. My I might have hanging around by creating some uh seed producing varieties but uh monoculture plantings like soybeans can be really effective but they can also be really tough if you don't have the acreage or uh your deer numbers under control to kind of you know keep up with the browse pressure
1: i like iron and clay peas and every time i've ever tried to plant uh sunflowers by themselves without a mix the deer just eat them down after they get two inches tall.
10: So. They will. Sometimes you get away with sunflowers that first year, and they don't know what they are, but usually by the second year, you, you won't even have one single head on them.
1: That's true. Huh. That's true. They're hard.
2: Well, well, a lot of that stuff you mentioned, it, you know, it's beneficial for all the things you mentioned, but then you can also have a pretty good dove shoot in the fall. Yeah. You know, some of that
6: same stuff. So.
5: <laughs> At Timber Creek Golf Club.
6: Beef O' Brady's on Rangeline Road in front of Lowe's is known for their family-friendly atmosphere, great sports, and great food. Check out their daily specials, including Burger Mondays, Taco Tuesdays, Boneless Wing Wednesdays, Billy Steak Thursdays, and Fish and Chip Fridays. Plus, kids' dine-in meals are only $3.49 on Tuesday. Be sure to ask about Beef O' Brady's double reward points all weekend long on every purchase. Game time meets family time at Beef O' Brady's, 4419 Rangeline Road in front of Lowe's. Call 661-3346.
4: Cookie wants to be a professional wrestler.
0: I'm
5: Cookie Serratos, and I'm 11 years old. She also wants to win all the medals. That's why Cookie and her family make every day count, squeezing out her best with Go-Go Squeeze. Okay, Cookie, let's break for a Go-Go Squeeze. Go-Go Squeeze Fruit-On-The-Go Pouches are a nutritious snack made from 100% fruit with no sugar added. Go, Cookie! Because when you nurture your kids,
8: you squeeze out the best in them. Squeeze out the best with Go-Go Squeeze. Not a low-calorie food. Products
0: range from 11 to 13 grams of sugar and 60 to 70 calories per serving this is wnsp outdoors live on 105.5 fm and on the sound of mobile app now let's head back outdoors with alan white
1: and welcome back to the show i'm alan white along with doug max we've got some stuff to give away a five pound pork sausage variety pack from hall sausage and wholesale meats right now to the third caller at 694 105 david thornton is with us and uh he's our peer pounder how you doing david i'm i'm great alan <laughs> i like that just name
9: sitting here with my mouth water and thinking about that sausage y'all are giving away
1: <laughs> oh man it's so good too yeah i tried some of it years ago and i i hadn't i hadn't varied from it since i tried it so it's, it's good stuff oh uh, well a peer pounder that's a good name for you because uh that's what you go by on facebook i think and uh you pound these piers, and you give us good reports every summer and fall uh, on the piers. So, first, my first question is, what about the new pier that we've had for a little while now down at Fort Morgan? Is it producing, and how do we go? How should we fish it?
9: Okay, yeah, that's a great question, Alan. Yeah,
1: he read my this mind. This
9: is the time of year when we should start seeing some production out of that pier. Um, initially, when it was opened in the fall, there were some good. Uh, flounder caught, a few mangrove snapper. Uh, this time of year when the sheep's head are staging in the lower bay as they go into spawn over the next month,
1: mm-hmm.
9: uh, this could be a good time to check it out. Anytime you have a south wind, the water is going to be pretty calm there. And I would fish that uh, with either fiddler crabs or small live shrimp. And you can either fish around the structure itself or or free-line those little shrimp away from it just a few feet um, because the, the sheephead either uh, either are staging <clears throat> on a hard structure where they're looking for food on the structure mm-hmm. or when they're schooling related to their spawning activity, uh, kind of like crappie or something, they may be around the structure, but they're not necessarily uh, you know pointing right at it. They may be out in front of it, especially if there's a little bit of a current or something they'll stage up facing into that current waiting for food to be brought to them so that's a good opportunity to fish them there and the other thing I would concentrate on is the flounder as they're returning inshore and probably with bull minnows or from bouncing some kind of lure or grub up off the bottom and uh, you know uh, just typical flounder fishing type of uh, uh, method should work the real trick with that pier i think right now is going to be the water clarity uh there's a good bit of fresh water coming down the bay right now Mm -hmm. and again though if we have a couple of days of of southeasterly winds or southerly winds that's going to help that water to clear up some especially this coming weekend around just coming off this neat tide that we're going to have the next couple of days so it, it may be a good weekend to hit it up
2: I was going to ask you this. You're talking about uh, going after those sheep's head with those shrimp. Is it any problem trying to, you know, get some live shrimp somewhere, or are they they pretty much available?
9: Quite often, yeah. It's going to get to be quite an issue once, like, uh, the uh, spring spring breakers start showing up in a few weeks uh, because there will be even more fishermen out, you know, competing for that limited bait availability source Mm -hmm. so what you want to do is you know call ahead check out all the bait shops maybe even get your bait the day before and keep them on an aerator overnight i use an aquarium pump when my uh you know shrimp are at home uh to keep them overnight and then i'll unplug the aquarium pump and use my battery pump when i actually go fishing
1: well tell us about some of the uh features at the new uh fort morgan pier uh, i guess there's restrooms it uh, has a roof over part of it or tell us about that
9: yeah it's no it's it's pretty basic um okay. and my understanding is there you know they they do still have the uh, uh port potty is about the only facilities there you okay. know like at alabama point or somewhere like that so okay. it's pretty rudimentary there's no lights on the pier um, but it, you know, it is available to use. Uh, there's just no, uh, you know, man-made lighting on the pier for night fishing or anything like that. And another feature too to keep in mind is the inside of that pier. It's an L-shaped pier, and the inside of it uh, is a boat ramp. And they got signs all along the inside of the uh, edge there telling people not to, you know, not to fish on the inside because they're concerned that it would interfere with the boating traffic in and out, right. cause conflicts.
0: Okay.
9: So, you know, you're limited to the outer portions of the pier, which is still a pretty good amount of, of you know, it's like probably a quarter mile of linear footage that you can fish from. Mm. And, and like I said, you know, if you approach it three-dimensionally, if you're fishing on, sometimes the sheephead will be near the bottom. Sometimes they'll be suspended. Mm-hmm. So I would start at the bottom, and you know, to where I would also have a chance of hooking a, a redfish or a flounder. And then, if I wasn't having any success with that, I would start free lining some live shrimp or something.
1: And it's pretty far up out of the water, mm-hmm. just like the Gulf State Pier. Am I correct?
9: No, it's not that high. It's okay. uh, it's a, more like. A little higher than Cedar Point Pier oh, off okay. the water, it, you okay. know, it's about eight feet above the water the deck is, and it's, but it's a real nice facility, nice uh, concrete, you know, flooring and all. Mm-hmm. Um, and another feature that may start developing now that the waters warming up, Orange Beach has a new pier on uh, Wolf Bay that uh, at their at their uh, public park there, mm-hmm. okay. <clears throat> and it's a nice facility, and they actually added. Artificial lighting underwater at night, and also for um, you know access. And they put some of the artificial reefs down there too, some of the circular reefs. And you know it'll take a couple of years for the growth to start on those. But mm-hmm. once that gets developed, I think if the water depth is the big feature there, that the water is only uh, you know two to four feet deep around it, mm-hmm. and so that's kind of a limiting factor. And it would be more in tune for night fishing, mm-hmm. as is, you know, a facility like Alabama Point or the State Pier, or, of course, uh, Cedar Point mm-hmm. Pier has been producing all winter. They've been catching a uh, nice drum and, and some bull redfish uh, on crabs, mostly uh, crabs and fresh mullet. And then they also been catching, I understand they've been catching some white trout are starting to show up, so... We're seeing the water temperature come up, you know, like along the the lower bay and the uh, Gulf front um, from where we were in the low 60s. And now it's like in the mid-60s, and it continued to rising. And by this weekend, with the weather that we're expecting, uh, it could well, you know, uh, peak into the upper 60s, uh, which should should really get things stirred up, especially uh, for the sheep's head bite. And and another thing I was going to mention too is uh, this is the time of year when we get weather like this that Spanish mackerel starts showing up along the coast, and I, I expect any day now to hear about mm-hmm. Spanish mackerel being caught at the state pier in the afternoons, especially and also around the uh, Perdido Pass uh, jetties, mm-hmm. the West Jetty at Alabama Point, oftentimes is um, you know can just get covered up with spanish mackerel sometimes um in late february early march uh is a good time for them to start showing up
1: but david <laughs> let me ask you a question i've wondered about this there's a nice looking pier at the battleship i never see anybody on it or using it in any way do you know anything about that pier
9: yeah it's you know it's run as facility uh from the battleship park so all you have to do is pay a couple of dollars to go park and you can use that pier. and they, they added this past summer added a uh, full access ramp um, so that you know people can get on there. And uh, another feature on the side, um, the, the Dolphin Island Sea Lab, uh, Arcos, which is their real-time uh, coastal observation system, mm-hmm. is in the process of adding a sensor on the pier. That is going to record things like water temperature, salinity, uh, oxygen, turbidity, things like that, that are real helpful for especially for shore fishermen to get an idea of what to expect when they go fishing. You know, especially things like water temperature and salinity can tell a lot mm-hmm. about the conditions that fishermen can can expect. And with that added addition, I think it'll make it um, you know easier to for fishermen to kind of clue in on what's going on but it should be a good facility uh through the summer and fall once the water starts salting up again of course this time of year you could probably catch bass and freshwater catfish around it um you know as well um and and of course you know croakers and stuff like that start to show up through the summer and then in the fall when the water salts up uh there would be passing you know, redfish, speckled trout, flounder would be coming by, uh, sheep set or possibilities. So there's, you know, a lot of options yeah. there, and it's a good bit of structure. Yep. There's usually a good number of crab traps around it in the <laughs> summer, which just kind of adds to the reef effect. I'm sort of, sorta, yeah,
1: I'm just surprised that more people from Mobile, since it's so close, is not using that facility. Hey, David, yep. I appreciate the report and look forward to hearing from you every week now that uh, springtime is almost here.
9: Yeah, I hope to see everybody at the ACFA meeting next Thursday night, 6 p.m. at Moe's.
1: At Moe's Barbecue downtown, 6 p.m. Thursday night. Thank you, David. Appreciate you. Okay, bye-bye. We'll be back next week right here on WNSP Outdoors.